0: The Detroit Pistons score 148 points in this game against the Utah Jazz, but it's still not enough to get the win as they continue on a new losing streak after losing this game after, again, scoring 148 points. That was not enough. That's how bad this defense was. We're going to talk about what we saw in this game in today's episode of the Locked on Pistons podcast. You are Locked on Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pistons podcast. Per usual, I'm your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me over on Twitter, at Kuka Hill. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Pistons your first listen of every single day. We're free and available on your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel, at Locked On Pistons hit that subscribe button or leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. That's another great way to support the podcast. Uh, we'll be talking about how the roster issues with this team were, was on full display in this game. I'm going to tell you guys how to start the podcast off. Then we'll talk about selling high on some players and really not even just selling high, a decision that needs to be made at some point. A decision has to be made by this team quickly, and they can't continue to wait. And then also we'll talk about is there another long losing streak for the Detroit Pistons on the way. But first, these roster issues within this game, the Pistons score 148 points in this game. But I I didn't watch this game thinking to myself, oh, the Pistons' offense is so great. I didn't watch this game thinking to myself, oh, they found something offensively. What, what I came away watching, from watching this entire game, all I was thinking the whole game was, man, this roster really is just – terribly assembled like this this roster truly truly makes zero sense and it, it really puts anybody the coaching staff the players puts everyone in a tough position now I don't think the coaching staff's done a good job at all I've said this many many times I think change if, if you wanted to move on from the coaching staff at this point 100% makes sense to me like I, I'm not defending the coaching staff at all but watching this game we heard all off season. Let's, let's go here. We heard all offseason about how they wanted to be a defensive team. We heard all offseason about how they were prioritizing defense. And at the beginning of the year, we saw them start. Kate Cunningham, Killian Hayes, Asara Thompson, Isaiah Stewart, and Jalen Durring. It was in an effort to play defense and to be a defensive team. Now, that starting lineup was high defensively. Like, it wasn't the worst in the league. I don't believe it was average either. I think it was right below average defensively. But it was, it was really bad offensively. That's the problem the Pistons have. Because now, what it seems like to me, <laughs> two things happened. One, either the, the front office was bullied into going away from that and going for the offensive side of the floor. Or the coaching staff was bullied into going away from that idea and going to the offensive side of the floor. Because now the Pistons are going for offense. And it's the same issue no matter which way you go. We kind of talked about this a little bit on the last podcast. When the Pistons were going full defense, this roster didn't – this front office did not add any defenders to this roster outside of Asar Thompson, who is a rookie, who is now barely playing for the Detroit Pistons. We talked about that in the last episode. Asar is barely even playing on this team. We'll talk about this even more in the second segment. But, yeah, he's, he's barely even playing on this team. That was the only defender you added under this team, but yet you're talking about prioritizing defense. So when you prioritize defensive lineups, let's just call them defensive lineups, you're actually, what you're doing is you're putting a lineup out there that's still going to be bad defensively. It's going to be better than the other lines you possibly have, but it'll still be bad defensively, except it'll be horrible offensively. So you have that happen. Then you have the option, which you've seen the pisses now go to over the last few weeks, which is, okay, screw it. We'll go all offense and try to outscore people. Well, well, what you get here is you get an offense that is mediocre, it, average to below average maybe. That's the offense you get. Except then you have a historically awful defense. There no matter which way you go, you're it's not helping anything. This is why what they did in the offseason was just so it was just so crazy. Because if you could if you wanted to go full defense, at least add defenders to where if when you go a full defensive lineup, you actually are fine defensively. Like you actually have a chance to win games because you are good defensively. Yeah, you may not be good offensively, but you may be good defensively force turnovers, force missed shots, be able to run in transition, and get buckets in the fast break. Then you maybe actually would be able to survive. You want to be a good offense, but at least then you'd be good at something. You'd be a good defense. Or instead of trying to trying to just give lip service and PR to the Pistons fan base that yeah, everyone loves to hear the whole, oh, Detroit's a grit and grind city, this 4 Pistons, bad boys, were are going, defense is all culture. Like instead of giving us all that PR BS, Go offense then. Go offense because that's what you've done now. Go offense in the offseason. So then if you do go offense, you'll have a really good offense or a terrible defense. But at least in that case, you'll win more games because you actually will be a good offense at that point. Right now when they try to go good offense, they're just an average offense. They're average to below average offense. And that's not enough to make up to being a historically awful defense. And then when you go defense – you're a historically bad offense, and you're not a good enough defensive team to make up for it. So there's nowhere to go, and you don't have the options to go up op- to, to go balanced. They don't have good enough players that go two ways. They got players who can shoot that can't defend. They got players that can defend that can't shoot. They got defenders who can't who can't shoot, can't dribble. They got shooters who can't defend, can't dribble, they can't rebound. Like they don't have anybody that can do multiple things. So that's that's all I saw on display in this game against the Utah Jazz. Because a lot of people are frustrated by the Pistons' decision to not close with Jay and Ivy. I don't have a problem with them not closing with Jay and Ivy because Alec Burks literally had fire shooting out of his hand, out of his right hand the entire second half. And he's the only reason why this game went to overtime, literally. But the counter is, well, why didn't Ivy play for Isaiah Livers? I mean, the Jazz were playing Markinen and Kessler together. If you sub out Livers for Ivy... You are really pushing it with Cade, Ivy, Burks, Boyan, and then Durin. Like, you're, you're really pushing it. You're, you're really pushing it at that point. Now, you weren't playing defense anyways, but you're really – like, I, I can't blame the coaching staff for not wanting to go that insanely small against the Utah Jazz team when they were already scoring a lot. Now, if they weren't scoring a lot, if their offense wasn't – like, if they didn't score 148 points, Okay yeah, your offense wasn't good enough. You weren't getting enough stops. Okay, put Ivy in, so then at least you can be offensive. Like, I get that. But they weren't struggling offensively. They were playing – they were getting open shots against this awful Utah Jazz defense. Like, they were still scoring. So there was no reason – like, just going smaller just makes you worse defensively. It would have made them worse defensively and worse in the glass. I I don't think this is the argument – this is the night to make the argument to play Ivy over Livers or, or Ivy over Burks. That's really what the conversation is. I don't think the conversation ever actually was or a thought in Monty's mind, get livers out for Ivy. I, I don't think that was a realistic option. I understand why. I'm not going to come on here and criticize that. I, I don't think that makes much sense, to be honest. But I understand why fans want to see Ivy in there. He's a young guy, main young guy. You need to see him closing game. Like, I get that. I get that whole thing. But again, the Pistons scored 148 points. They shot 53% from the field. They shot 46% from deep. I truly don't feel like that was a showing of, oh, look how great this offensive can be. Like, if you watch this game, the defense from both sides was some of the worst defense probably played in the entire NBA this season. Like, quite literally, I think this probably was the worst defensive game you've seen all year. Neither team was trying to play any defense. Neither team was closing out on anybody. Neither team was trying to close out and shoot. Like, it was it was terrible. It, it was straight-up terrible. The, the three that Boyan hit to tie the game with, like, 20 seconds left, he gets this three off. The Pistons are down three and instead of hedging all screens, Utah jazz, instead of hedging all screens and trying to take away all threes, Walker Kessler is in a drop beneath the three point line. Now in his defense, he did just play off of Isaiah Livers like three seconds earlier and still was able to re- recover and block the three point shot. So maybe he thought he could do the same thing to Boyan, but either way, like he's playing off of Boyan, like in drop coverage in that situation. Like, and then you have the Pistons do the same thing on the defense. Like it's, this game was horrific defensively. This wasn't—I don't think this was a big thing for the offense to try to celebrate. This was just how bad Utah was. So that's why I didn't come away from this game thinking, "Oh, maybe the Pistons are figuring out things offensively." No, I come away thinking, "Man, this roster. This—if there was a game that I could show to show just how bad this roster is, how badly this roster was put together, this would be the game because they don't have an option to go defensively. Because they go defensively, then they're awful offensively. It's—it's it's literally." It, it, it's it's so it's so horrifically bad. It's it, it's 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 so bad it's embarrassing. It's it's embarrassing. And now the Pistons lose another game in which Boyan plays 43 minutes, Cade plays 40, and Jane Ivey only plays twenty one, Asar only plays eleven minutes. And this is why the Detroit Pistons need to make a decision right now, this week. They need to make a decision immediately. We'll talk about what that decision is in just one second. But first, I've got to tell you guys about one of our sponsors, BetterHelp. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp, this episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Give online therapy a try at betterhelp.com slash locked in NBA and get on your way to being your best self. Too often, people think getting therapy is just about Struggling with things. You go when you're struggling about struggling with some things. But that's not always the case. Around New Year's, we get obsessed with how to change ourselves instead of just expanding on what we're already doing right. Maybe you finally organized one part of your space and you want to tackle another one. Or maybe you're taking your supplements every morning, but now you want to actually eat breakfast too. Therapy helps you find your strengths so you can ditch the extreme resolutions that we all know when you go to the extreme with the resolutions, you're not going to last. It helps you ditch those and make changes that actually will stick. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And the best thing about BetterHelp is that if you're not vibing with the therapist, you want to switch, you can switch just like that with no additional charge. So again, give BetterHelp a try at BetterHelp.com today to get 10% off your First month. Celebrate the progress that you've already made. That's better help dot com slash lockdown mba to get 10% off your first month. So I want to thank you guys again for making lockdown pistons your first listen of every single day. We're free to available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at lockdown on pistons. Hit that subscribe button or leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. That's another great way to support the podcast. Listen, everybody, the Detroit Pistons are 3-31. and 31. I'm going to say this one more time. The Pistons are 3-31. and 31. And at this point, I'm not joking. Doing nothing is possibly the worst decision ever made by any executive, by any person involved in, in, in decision-making in sports history. They This week, this week they need to make a decision. And I don't care which way they go, but they have to make a decision right now. Because you, right now, you're not getting anything. Right now, you are not, you literally are not earning anything on both sides of the coin. And this is why I meet. Mean. And this topic on the side, if you're watching this on YouTube, I have it. I have this segment titled, Sell High. And you'll see why I have it like that. Asar Thompson played 11 minutes in this game. We talked about how little Asar Thompson has been playing. Over the last few uh, uh, over the last few weeks, in the last episode, Jane Ivy played 21 minutes in this game, and like I said in the first segment, for this game specifically, if you're just looking at this game, I understand why. Again, Alec Burks had literally fire shooting out of his right hand, so just looking at this game, I get it. But those two guys are supposed to be key elements, key cornerstones of your future, A- at least for your immediate future. And maybe you move one of them down the line, but they're still incredibly important because you need them to get to that point where they can be a main piece of a trade down the line to get a star. Whichever one, either way, they're a cornerstone of your franchise, future cornerstone of your franchise. Either way, them not playing a lot when your team is three and 31 is, is tragic. It's absolutely tragic. If you're not playing, for example, I always use this team as an example but it is what it is. The Houston Rockets. The Houston Rockets don't want to use our men Thompson all that much. Okay. They don't want to play them third plus minutes. Okay. They want to send, send Cam Whitmore down to the G League. Let him get minutes down there. Okay. That's fine. You want to know why? Because the Houston Rockets are 17 and 15. They're actually winning games. They're about to make the playoffs. They have St. Goon playing at a great level. They have other players playing X Jabari Smith playing at a high level because of the guys that they brought in. So those two guys are key parts of their future. Cornerstones of their future. They have veterans surrounding them and they're actually winning. So if you're going to let the young guys like Amen Thompson or cam Whitmore develop in a different way while also maintain winning, that makes that, then it would make sense when you are three and 31, sending your young guys to play the veterans. What? You're not winning games doing it. Like it's not like you're sitting to vet you're saying the young guys to play veterans so you can win games and make that next step to the play in or playoffs or something. No, you're saying the vets to still continue to lose and go on 28 game losing streaks. To still lose 31 games of the f- of the first 34 games of the season. To still be historically bad. So you're not even you're not accomplishing anything. You're not accomplishing winning and then you're also not accomplishing getting your young guys minutes and developing them. So you're, you're, neither one is happening. Neither one's again. If the Pistons were 15 and 17 or something or 14 and 18. Okay. Then. Okay. I see it. You're trying to push for the in, It's helping you get closer to that next step. Guys are in a win, at least a winning environment for the first time in the NBA. Like I'd get it. Okay. The young guys, there's different ways to develop them. Let them get man's in the G league. They don't need to play a ton because right now you're getting what you need out of the next step of this development. You're not getting that. You're not getting, you're, you're one of the worst teams ever in NBA history. You were probably the worst team in NBA history. And you're playing vets over your young guys. Your young guys are not playing and you're still losing. It makes no sense. So the Pistons need to choose one. Either sell high on Alec Burks, who has found his shot again, and and looks like a uh, a viable veteran piece to a rotation for a contender. Sell high on him. Sell high on Boyan who just had 36 points and has looked really good since coming back this season, sell high on both of those guys and move them for assets, for picks, or more young players. Do You, you have to make a decision. Either do that, either, and this has to be done this week, either you do that and you buy completely into a terrible season. That's the first scenario you can go. You move those guys right now and just straight up admit, because at some point, I don't know what needs to happen, but at some point, this ownership and this front office has to realize what is happening in front of them. This is a lost season. This season is over. It's done. Like, I don't know. It's 3-31. Like, why is this a talking point? This season's done. You need to admit it. You need to just face the facts. It's done. So there's two avenues you can go here. Either you accept the fact that this season is completely washed, You are terrible, you're historically bad, you're going to be competing, you want the first overall pick, there's nothing you can do about it at this point, you're 3-31, you buy into it, you sell off your your old guys right now for the value you can possibly get, get picks and young players, and you just buy into being awful for the rest of the year. It's already happened, it is what it is. Go full on into it, play all of your young guys again, play all of your young guys and lose. You're already losing now, except now you're not getting value for anything. And you're not developing guys, So just sell those guys off. Play all your young guys. Buy into being terrible. Get the top pick again. And reset this offseason. That's one avenue. You need to choose one of these. That's one avenue. The other avenue is right now, this week, you go out and make multiple moves that makes this team. Yeah, they're not ever they're not gonna make the play They're not gonna make the play. That is that ship sailed a month ago. It's over. But what you can do is go get multiple guys in the trade market. That will have this team playing 500 basketball for the rest of the way. So at the end of the season, you can say, okay, terrible start. We've, we messed up bad with this roster. It was historically awful, but we added some guys to the roster and we got to see how Cade looks with them, how Duran looks with them, how Ivy looks with them. We got to see how they looked with them and look, oh my God, they played 500 basketball. We can believe in these guys. We need to put more good players around them. And now you do that in the off season. And now heading into the off season, everyone can say, you know what? It was a horrific, historically bad start, but they went out and made moves. And now we can believe in this young core and see, clearly see that if you add players to them, they can be something. They can, they can continue to grow. And there's a formula here because right now you don't see a formula right now. You don't see any hope. You don't see anything. This team loses no matter what. So go do that. And you end the season kind of like the, I mean, you're past how bad Orlando wasn't this bad last year. They started off, I believe, 5 and 25. The Pistons are way worse than them. They're, they're, they're horrifically bad. But at that point last year, 5 and 25, Orlando went on to play 500 basketball the rest of the way. And now look at them. And at the end of last season, everyone in Orlando felt good about them. Like, hey, we started off bad, but we saw that they turned it around and we should feel good moving forward. It's a little bit later for the Pistons right now, 3 and 31. It's a little bit longer in the process, but you can still try to do the same thing and get something out of the season with that. Those are two avenues you can choose. You have to choose one, because just doing nothing, you're accomplishing neither. You're not getting value for guys, while also not developing your young guys, while also still losing historically amounts of games. You have to choose one. At this point, I don't care which one. I I see value in both at this point. A, A few weeks ago, I was like, look, you have to get the veterans. You have to get more guys in here to help them win games. You have to go do it. But it's been weeks now and they haven't done it. So I have now pivoted off of that and said I would be even okay if you just sold off all the veterans, bought into how bad this season is. It's over already. At least now you get assets to try to do more moves in the offseason. Like, you have to do one of the two. You cannot continue to stay here and do nothing. You're not getting anything out of this. Doing nothing, you are quite literally getting zero out of this season. You, you have to choose one of them like this front office has to look in the mirror. This ownership has to look in the mirror and say to themselves, this is over. This experiment is done. And what we're doing right now is getting nothing out of anything. Like we have to choose one of these scenarios. I know they probably don't want to do it. They, uh, they obviously don't want to do it. They don't want to admit to themselves that they've messed up this badly. And they they've been this bad. Well, it is what it is, man. At some point you have to admit it and you have to, you have to make moves to acknowledge that. So this week, like I mean, seriously, dude. Like this week, they have to choose one of those avenues. They have to choose one. Have to. It would. It, it's. It would be. It's just negligence to not choose either one. To do nothing is just. I, I, they have to do one. Let me know in the comments or over on YouTube which one would you go down. Which avenue do you think the Pistons should go down at this point, January four, three and thirty one? Which which avenue should they be going down? Let me know in the comment section down below or over on Twitter. Should Pistons fans begin ready for another long losing streak? We'll talk about that when we return. But first, I've got to tell you guys about one of our sponsors, FanDuel. The NFL regular season is wrapping up. The Lions to the playoffs got screwed out of that number two seed. It is what it is. I don't know what Brad Allen's on, but the NFL season is wrapping up. And there's time still to get on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 bucks in bonus bets guaranteed. When you place a $5 bet, that's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use, and there's multiple different ways to bet on it, like live same-game parlays, find bets in the new Explore tab, make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays, and more. A few years ago, when betting became legal in Michigan, I didn't know which app to go. I didn't know where to try. I was new to everything. And I tried out FanDuel, and I have not turned back since. FanDuel, not only is it extremely fun to use, not only is it super self-explanatory, but again, it's easy to use. That's really the biggest thing, to be honest. It's super easy to use, and there's so many different things to do. Player props, game parlays. Like, there's even you can go on there and see a game, same game parlay that everyone else is betting on, and it's a popular one. You can say, "Hey, I want to get on this one too." There's all kinds of things you can do with Fanduel, and that's why I absolutely love it. I'm still using it all these years later, and plan on continuing to use it for years to come. So, so visit fanduel.com/slash locked on today. And make your first bet an easy layup. That's what FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. So I want to thank you guys again for being Locked On Pistons. Your first listen of every single day, free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Locked On Pistons. Hit that subscribe button or leave us a five star review. Whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on, that's another great way to support the podcast. This is how much I this is how much I I, I love all you guys. I'm recording this. It's twelve thirty. I have to go to work in six hours. Actually, five and a half hours now. Pistons went to overtime. Straight up screwed me. Straight up screwed me. But I'm still getting on here. I'm recording. About to get this episode out for you guys. That's how much I love you guys. Love this community. You feel me? Uh, I appreciate all y'all. But sorry to break it to you. Should the Pistons, should you guys, should Pistons fans get ready for another long losing streak? I'm here to tell you, probably. Probably. Unless the team goes out and makes multiple moves for some bets, multiple moves for some wings to, to have them playing better basketball, like we mentioned last segment, one of the avenues to go down. Unless they do that, get ready for another long losing streak. There is hope. There is, there is one reason to hope, and that's because they played the Spurs in the 10th. So this losing streak right now is at 2 after being the Raptors and, and cutting off the 28-game losing streak that, by the way, set tied the longest losing streak of all time. Is that two? They got the Warriors, Nuggets, Kings up next. So it will get to five for sure. It's game to five. The Spurs, they're playing the Spurs at home on the 10th. So they could. That is a game that they, they could win. Simply because, you'd assume so, because the Spurs are the other worst team in the NBA. The second worst team in the NBA. Actually, is it them or the... Or the is, it, is it the Spurs or the Wizards that's the second worst team now? Yeah, it's still the Spurs. Um... They play the Spurs in the 10th. So that's an opportunity to try to shut it off right there, keep it at five, and then go on another losing streak. And then, you know, that's their hope. But if they don't beat the Spurs, then they got the Rockets. They've already lost to the Wizards. This time they're going to be in Washington, so I don't see that happening. So if they don't beat the Spurs, then they got the Rockets, the Wizards, the Timberwolves, the Bucks on a back-to-back. I I mean, the Pistons are going to be playing the Bucks back-to-back. Then the Hornets, Wizards again. Thunder, Cavs, Clippers, Magic, Kings, and then Trailblazers. So is the likelihood of the Pistons going on a long losing streak like they did at the beginning of the season, is is it just as high of a probability? I'd say no because I feel like in that losing streak, actually, no, I can't even say that because at the beginning, they played some soft teams and they lost those ones. But, I mean, looking at this one, the Pistons had a a streak of playing some – a decent teams at least for a while during the first losing streak. And I'm not trying to say I think they win any games against the worst teams in the league during that streak. I mean, the Pistons are the worst team in the NBA, worst team of all time. I They, they probably still lose those games. So it's very possible they just go on this losing streak anyways because of how bad they are. But just looking at like the next 10 games, they do play the Wizards twice in, the, in that stretch. They do play the Spurs. You'd think that having those three games in the next 10 games should stop you from going on a ten-game losing streak. Because you, you, sh- you should beat at least one of them. You should win at least one of those. Because those two, those two teams are the other two worst teams in the league, and you play them combined three times. So you should at least win one of those. Okay, like you, you think you think you at least win one of those. So is it possible that the Pistons going on another long losing streak? 100. I could, I could see us looking back in a month, seeing the Pistons on another 16, 18, 20-game losing streak at that point. Like I could see it happening. I, I for sure could see it happening. But I also won't be shocked if they happen to get a win against the Wizards, if they get a win against the Spurs and catch have like for like the rest of the season, a six game losing streak, then a win, then a seven game losing streak and a win. And then another seven game losing streak and a win. Like I could see that happening. I could all, it's also not far off this team's possibility that they go on another 20 game losing streak. So I don't know. I I think it's possible. I wouldn't bet on it because it, it does. I mean, even during the last losing streak, I told you guys, that you usually at least win one game that you're not supposed to win. Like another team doesn't take you too seriously, and then they, they win the win of those games. And now that the Pistons are on the 28-game losing streak and every team in the NBA doesn't want to be that team that loses to the Pistons, maybe they do get one of those games against one of these better teams that they take the Pistons lightly and they're like, oh, it is what it is now, I, you know, it's the Pistons. And then the Pistons can steal one. Maybe that opens up the door for that. So that's another reason to believe that they won't go on such a lose, long losing streak again. But – they also haven't done any moves. They're not doing any moves, and they're the worst team in the NBA, so it definitely could happen. So let me know in the comment section down below or over on Twitter what you guys think is going to happen. Do you guys think it's possible they go on another long losing streak? Again, let me know in the comment section down below or over on Twitter at Kuka Hill. That's all I've got for you guys today. Thank you guys for making Locked On Pistons first listen of every single day. Free and available on your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Locked On Pistons. Hit that subscribe button or leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. And until next time, I'll see you guys later. Stay safe out there until next time. Peace out.